World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome. It's the show now. You know which show and who's talking because of the intro segment. Oh, someone called me out on uh, repeating what happens in the intro segment, and I still have not gone back and listened to what I say in the intro segment. I'm pretty sure I just say the name of the show and uh, very briefly describe what a creepypasta is. Uh, I don't know if I say my name. I'm Jeff Kowalski. Uh, maybe I don't. Maybe I do. Regardless. Now you definitely know my name. This is the show we talk about creepypastas. What are creepypastas? You know that already, because I explained it in the intro segment. <laughs> now, this is the second intro segment where I ramble. Uh, here's the here's the problem, audience. You're listening to this uh, far in the distant future when I haven't just woken up from a nap. But here, here in the past, when we're recording this, I have just woken up from a nap. And that makes it very difficult to record podcasts. Uh, here's the issue. Uh, whenever I eat uh, breakfast cereal, I, for some reason, get really sleepy. Uh, and then I go to sleep. So I had, like, three bowls of Cinnamon Life, watched myself an episode of Star Wars Rebels, and then was like, oh, it's nap time. And then I fell asleep for, like, two hours. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm lactose intolerant. Maybe I have some sort of uh, uh, problem with sugar that I'm not dealing with appropriately. But regardless, I definitely am... Uh, uh, well-rested, I guess? Oh, boy. This isn't what this show's about. I explained what the show is about before, probably. Anyway, we have... <laughs> I have, for the first time in a while, some creepypastas brought to me by the guests, which was the original concept of the show, that people, two people would bring me a creepypasta, and I would say, yes, explain it to me. And then they would. Uh, and that has happened again this time. We've gotten off of the suggestions list and back into the classics, we have our uh, our first guest that yeah. returning to the show. Please welcome Regina Barry. Hello. And brand new to the show, please welcome Patrick Ripple. Hi. And we have a story that Regina has brought us. It's another SCP, the Secure Contain Protect or Special Containment Procedures Foundation. Uh, yes. And it is SCP number 2030. Uh, yes. Regina, please explain to us what this object is. Okay. My favorite genre of creepypasta, the SCP. So um, SCP 2030 is um, an event entity anomaly. It's, it's a class cater. Um, and it takes the form of a candid camera TV show called Laugh is Fun or sometimes it calls itself Laugh is Laugh, or Laugh is Life, uh, that's been running for 38 seasons since 1976, um, and it's hosted by SCP-2030-1, who refers to himself as Laffy McLafferson. Um, so it's your standard, like, candid camera-style TV show, apparently, except that the pranks that happen um, are all these, like, grotesque, 
supernatural um, happenings and the people that they happen to are people who um, have died or gone missing in the year that the season um, of the of Laugh is Fun uh, was made. Um, the SCP also tells us that um, there's no um, they, that they don't know where uh, Laugh is Fun is made. They're still searching for the studio. Um, it and and it sort of self distributes. So, however, people um, access television and movies, um, it, it just sort of um, goes along with the trend. So it used to show up as uh, VCR tapes in rental stores. Now it's in red boxes and on Netflix. Actually, on the on the page there is the uh, Netflix summary for Laugh Is Fun. Um, and um, the containment procedures include a uh, a web analysis bot that uh, removes any torrents or uh, instances of it on the internet. God knows what they do for Redbox. Um, and it goes on <laughs> just to describe um, so um, a few episodes um, where some pretty horrific things happen to people. Um, like like there's one. Uh, Season 13 uh, from 1989, episode theme Squirrels. Individuals involved Melissa and Travis Englund disappeared last seen May 12th, 1989. Uh, and it goes on to describe um, this couple lying in bed. The wife wakes up and she hears squeaking noises. She turns to see that her husband's skin is erupting with squirrels who then jump on her. Uh, but when Laffy McLapperson walks in and turns on the light with her skinless husband, they're all like, oh, we're on this show! And they share a laugh. Uh, and every episode... Yeah, yeah and, and so that's like how the episodes go. And then um, uh, at the end, we're introduced to the studio audience who are just the, uh, the prank victims, aka these like dead and missing people uh, who comprise the studio audience. Uh, Laffy McLapperson gives an an outro uh, uh, speech, which is just sort of barely intelligible nonsense. And then uh, at the end of the episode, the video cuts off abruptly and a black screen is displayed for 30 seconds. Laughter and soft, wet noises can be heard in the background before the program ends. <laughs> yep. I and thought that there was going to be uh, more after the descriptions of what happens on the show, but it just ends with exactly that. Um, and it's sort of a mysterious, it's a combination of your your classic uh, gross-out creepypasta and your uh, mysterious SCP, but there's no like twist to it the way a lot of them have. It's just... Uh, it's just this haunted TV show. Yeah, yeah. Or I, I mean, I, I, I was sort of thinking about it. Um, the 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 thing that kind of struck me was how um, like like the the scripted quote unquote uh, speech at the end, and also the summary from uh, Netflix uh, is sort of put together in a way like like you know have you ever like laugh you come laugh and have all the fun and laugh and it's just like okay well this looks like it was parsed together by someone who doesn't quite understand english yeah so, I, you know, so it, it seems to me like like it's like a monster and this tv show is like a like lure of sorts yeah i think it's yeah there it's yeah there's not a lot of mythology it's more just like an evocative premise but i think one of the creepiest things about it 
is uh, I have to sort of scroll down to get where it talks about what different episodes were about because uh, they all apparently the episodes have different themes. Um, where is it? Uh, oh yeah, okay. Episode themes vary from the mundane, such as the beach, pets, and candy, to the strange and violent, such as mail fraud, arson, terrorism, <laughs> and it's this there it there it. There is the suggestion of an intelligent force behind it, but an intelligent force who is so utterly inhuman. Yeah. Um, like, the broken English is one thing, but just sort of his understanding of what a, like, a camera, hidden camera prank show is. Right. Only kind of intersects with what it actually is. Right. Like, they, like, when it's like, there's an episode based on candy, you can imagine, like, well, maybe some of the pranks aren't so horrible, but, like, sometimes they just dip into insane things. Yeah, yeah, or, like, Margaret Thatcher, like, jumping out of someone's closet and, and like, infecting the person with, like, Mar- Margaret Thatcher faces in their body. Yeah, and like, it, impli- it implies an, an intelligent force from, say, some other dimension or some other <laughs> space and time that is, has been watching people via the television but doesn't, but like only via the television and yeah. doesn't have a sophisticated understanding of what they're seeing. Yeah, or else this is somehow like the only way for it to uh, to like contact people because the series starts in 1976 and that was the year that um, that VHS was first released. Like, uh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. And Betamax was released the year before. So it's, yeah, it's like specifically like like a home it needs viewing. a physical it's it like so the, so the implication is it's a force that like couldn't do say a pirate broadcast of a TV show or something right it needed a, a, a physical sort of interme- intermediary between the uh, victims and itself right it also says the series has no corresponding box art it mimics art from other television series often causing viewers to select it mistaking it for another program. Which yeah, it's sort of like bottom. a it's like a sinister version of those uh, knockoff uh, Disney movies that come out around the time of every Disney movie. Right. Your your Chopkick Panda and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the sort of asylum versions of Sherlock Holmes or whatever. Yeah. Transmorphers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and actually the reason um, the reason that this SCP jumped out at me because um, th- this one actually lacks the thing that I like most about SCPs, which is like the intricate protocol descriptions. Like I love that, uh, but this, yeah. one doesn't, this one doesn't really have it. But the reason that I, that it kind of jumped out at me um, was for two reasons. One, uh, Patrick and I both read um, this novel, Universal Harvester, by uh, John Darnielle from the Mountain Goats, um, and it's a similar theme where it starts out, it takes place in the late 90s, and it starts out with this uh, video store clerk who finds these, like, that, that someone is splicing home videos onto the videos that they rent out, and they're just, like, these creepy, nonsensical, um, like, 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 Almost like snuff films. Yeah, they have the vibe of snuff films, but nothing nothing actually overtly violent happens in them. They're just deeply unsettling. <laughs> yeah, it's just like people like like it's like it's all in like a shed and it just describes like people tied up to chairs and people like running away across the cornfields and you know, and, and it just sort of like like shows up on like like in like the last half hour of she's all that for five minutes and so like that's how kinda how the how the novel gets started. So it, and, and the, it, it ends up not being a horror novel. No. It's often described that way, but, but the, the first part where they're talking about that was like deeply unsettling. Yeah. It, it's the, the, the book is kind of notable in the ways it constantly sets you up 
to expect the worst. And then right when you think you're going to discover what's really going on, it changes the subject. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does something else. And it, it kind of hides the fact that it's not a horror novel for a while, but it's very creepy. And the, the other thing that kind of stuck out to me was um, for some reason, I've been getting like these really weird recommendations on Netflix recently. Like, I don't know if this is happening <laughs> right. to anyone else, but like, <laughs> But like Netflix has been recommending me like like stand up specials from Poland. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> not and just like, not just like a stand up special from Poland. Like a bunch. Like under the rec- <laughs> you know you're scrolling through the recommendations. Yeah. It's like thirteen in a row. Yeah. Of Polish stand up, <laughs> Polish like sketch comedy. Yeah, yeah, or, or like yeah, there's like some other yeah. It's it's just like a lot of these like random movies from like other countries and like I watch a lot of foreign films but these aren't like the kind of foreign films that are meant for like distribution in the US per these aren't se. Art house, yeah, but yeah, this like, isn't like Polish comedies. Like it's just like, oh here's this like 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 the title's not translated and it's just like some weird guy with a unibrow and there's like five of them and I, I don't know. They keep showing up on Netflix. It's creepy. Yeah, that's there's I mean there everyone's had the experience of just scrolling through Netflix for thirty minutes and just like you you're just like none of this sounds like you want a comedy, but none of this sounds good. And then right. by the by the end you are scraping the bottom of the barrel and you're like, What is this even? Yeah. And if you I don't know, like I use a site called Instant Watcher and Instant Watcher lists everything that's on Netflix, not just everything that is available through the sort of store the not storefront, but the sort of uh, search algorithms of Netflix, but everything that's actually on there. So there are like links that you can click on, and you can see like test videos that Netflix has put up, oh, where they're like right. testing HD, yeah. and it's just like it's just 13 minutes of like a water fountain in like yeah. 1080p, and it's just like oh yeah, when they were testing their HD streaming, they would put this there, and they just never took it off. So the premise of like stumbling upon something <laughs> weird and inexplicable that shouldn't be there on an instant streaming service. Amazon Prime is even more like this because Amazon Prime will just have any fucking. Oh thing yeah, on there. yeah. They- like it's 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 a very compelling one. <laughs> Yeah, I um, my recommendations are all just bad horror movies. <laughs> I don't yeah. have the experience of ever discovering something truly weird. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I uh, one thing I I thought was fun about the um Netflix description for "Laugh Is Fun" is that the member average rating is five stars. Oh yeah, I know <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> and it's like, did it? Did it hack the system to give itself five stars? Or if you watch it, are you somehow possessed into liking it? Because it doesn't mention what happens to people who watch this. No, but um, it but- does say that um, people who uh, who are pranked on the show... It, so it's like a horrific thing happens. Like their husband's, you know, uh, skin, skin, <laughs> disembodied skin is filled with rodents and like squirming around. But the second they see the host pop out, and the host is, uh, there's a picture of him kind of on this website. And the host, it says his, his head is never shown. He's yeah. always cut off at the neck. Like his, it's always going above the frame. Um, whenever he steps out, they instantly start smiling, which makes it even creepier. Because yeah. they could just, they could be on fire. Yeah, and like some people say that they're fans of the show. And, yeah, so yeah. like it, it does sort of indicate a feedback loop of you watch it and then you end up on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. I mean, it does, it does say that um, that that is like the theory that that they're running off is that people watch the show and then they're recruited, so to speak. Um, 
Yeah, that that's also implied by its classification as Keter, which is something that poses a uh, direct, vital, massive threat to humanity. It's right. the highest, and it's the highest classification of object. I, I also what I like about this is uh, it can really only be a creepy pasta. I mean, I don't, I I didn't watch all of Channel Zero, but um, but the thing about creepy pasta is a creepy pasta doesn't actually need to be a narrative of any. It doesn't no. need to have a beginning, middle, and end. It doesn't need to have a protagonist. This can only be a creepy pasta, and anytime, and even though it's very evocative, and I think about it, I'm like, wow, that's cool. And in my mind, I pr- sort of project like a horror movie that uses this as a premise. Mm-hmm. The second I add characters, the second I add a story, it just kind of becomes like a lame ring knockoff. Yeah, like no. I can't, I can't think of an actual movie that is as effective as just reading this article. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's. That's probably the best creepypastas are the ones that just, like, describe a weird thing and don't really have a narrative or characters, like Candle Cove, of course, and um, Ben Ben Drowned is another one of my favorites, which is just like, oh, this weird, I uh, found this haunted video game. And then as soon as it starts adding characters towards the end of that whole thing, it's like, it's not good anymore, because you made it. You added like a chat a chat log with a ghost. That's not as fun as just uh, pictures from this haunted game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 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 the found object component of creepypastas mm-hmm. is what makes them so great. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if if Cabin in the Woods uh, explored the background of any of the other objects in the basement scene, none of them would right. be as interesting anymore. Because part of what's cool about them is that it's a total mystery what they are and why they're connected to these monsters and where the monsters come from. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. It's um, it's something I guess I hadn't really considered before this episode. The idea of uh, narrative free creepypasta. But yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, I, yeah, and I, th- again, like I think that's why I like the SCPs so much is because they they so rarely dip into like yeah. you know I was in my grandma's attic and I found a creepy ghost. Yeah, I, I the SCPs I I kind of have a back and forth with, and I'm sort of growing to respect them more as I've read this one and like got more familiar for this episode. Because I think they're really hard for me to read mm-hmm. in a way that, like, the sort of first person, this happened to me narrative and creepypastas are mm-hmm. really easy to read and just read, like, someone's forum post. Mm-hmm. Like, these are really hard to read, but but because the, the way they're structured, like, even the way it's – before you even know what they're talking about, they talk about how they contain it. Right. It, like – Every bit of information they give you makes your mind race because they don't they don't tell you the full thing. They they reveal what the actual story is in these little evocative details that add up. And then it's only like by the last paragraph that you actually have a full understanding of what the SCP is. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like them so much just because, like, I mean, I have a government job right now. And even before that, I was working like with a lot of like government grants and stuff. Um, so just having this like very like like emotionless laid out protocol bureaucratic for, yeah, sort of language bureaucratic way of doing things like that just really resonates <laughs> sure, <laughs> in sure. a very yeah. upsetting way it's, and especially because um i i kind of um like like my my personal political ideals are very much against that i just kind of feel like i mean you know just you know working in social services is kind of kind of is what it is so i have a lot of like personal conflicts about that so seeing stuff like like that one scp where it's just talking about like containment procedures for this like girl that they have to torture so the world doesn't end like it, it feels very like 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 it's like a good metaphor for my job yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
for, for yeah, like it's... law enforcement. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not in law enforcement, but I mean, yeah, it does it does kind of feel, you know. Yeah, it's you know. funny because I, I imagine for most people they have the opposite experience. I imagine most people. Mm-hmm the ones they relate to, the ones that they have a personal emotional connection to are the ones that are just like, I was at a flea market and I bought a video game yeah. or cause that's a, that's a situation they've been in. So it takes the familiar and then it makes it creepy. Yeah. Whereas what's familiar for you is probably what makes. Yeah. Yeah. What's familiar for me is like, okay, well here's the, the like, the like quantitative point at which you have to stop helping this person because otherwise our program that helps people can't continue. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that's that's what resonates for me. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting um, because the way these are, yeah, the madness of bureaucracy definitely plays into the horror of the SCPs. Yeah. Um, because they describe the containment procedure before they describe what the thing is in every single article. So you're, ha- you're reading a description of what SC, like what they do to stop SCP 2030 before you mm-hmm. know what it is at all. Yeah, it's like <laughs> and- the, uh, it's it's like it's like the movie where first you see the warehouse with all the armed guards and then the cameras push in closer and you see all the security procedures and then in the middle there's like a little girl in a room and it's like <laughs> oh what's happening it's stranger things i just described stranger things but, <laughs> but, but yeah it's it's an evocative structure yeah it uh although i agree that it sometimes does make them a bit uh dense to get into we had yeah. one on another episode uh i forget oh it was it's one that uh it, you always refer to it in the first person um whenever you describe the object you always refer to it in the first person um, <laughs> jesus so that article is very difficult to read because <laughs> the article ends up being written in the first person about something that is not the person writing wow, it wow that's great um, I, I yeah, found, it's very clever. I found one that was written completely in, like, pictographs, and it was really difficult to parse, but it was basically, like, a monster that is summoned when you write or say its name or write or talk about it. So it was huh. just a series of, like, Ikea, you know, d- instruction-style pictographs of, like, how to keep this thing contained. And it, I mean, there was there would be no possible way to talk about It'd be it. A very ponty pool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Sort of yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, for me, the SCPs, I have to, there has to be a picture in the article. I have, <laughs> like, if I don't see, like, a spooky face or, like, some, like, photo manipulation of, of like, a creepy kid or something, uh-huh. like, that is, that's sort of just, like, the promise of, don't worry, it's worth it, stick through to the end. I don't have the patience to, to watch them. I'm willing to, to bet them. I'm willing to bet most of these are picture prompt uh, things. Like the very first one, I think SCP-73 or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the one that's basically the weeping angel from Doctor Who. That one, the, someone saw that picture and wrote the story based on it, because that picture is a photograph of some uh, installation art piece. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm willing to bet that 2030 here, someone saw this picture of the guy in the suit stepping out of the bathtub on, like, yeah. a weird YouTube video and took that screenshot and was like, alright, I have a story idea. Yeah. Is, that, is that a common origin for Creepypasta, the picture prompt? It's, it seems to me like, like I, I feel like I see a lot of them where the pictures are, like, made after, like, someone, like, it seems like someone wrote it and then did a Photoshop. Yeah. I don't know, maybe that's just my assumptions. I don't know. 
I, uh, I'm not sure. Sometimes it's like, so like, uh, Jeff, the killer is one that's tied in so much with the picture that it, it seems like the picture probably came first, but like mm-hmm. they came at the same time. Like they both showed up on the internet at around the same time. Uh, and then abandoned by Disney and Squidward suicide are ones that have pictures that go with them. That seem like, uh, someone probably made the creepy picture and then was like, I should come up with a story for this um, because they always specifically reference the picture itself in the story. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, it's there's a lot that don't have pictures to go with them, and I agree that those are less interesting. But at the same time, um, I don't necessarily want to look at spooky pictures because um, there's ones like Slenderman's not that spooky to look at, but that all came from two photoshops. Right. Uh, and the rake, I'm pretty sure, was picture first because um, it's like not a particularly interesting uh, cryptid uh, creepypasta, but the picture's real spooky. <laughs> Has someone written a creepypasta yet about all your base belong to us? <laughs> The haunted flash animation. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, I mean, like, I mean, because I think that was it was a wacky (laughs) opening for a video game that something awful turned into a sort of internal meme where people would Photoshop all your base belong to us Uh on different pictures, right? And then someone took all of those photos and made that sort of music video. Oh, right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh. Hmm. I typed, <laughs> I typed all your base creepypasta, and I'm not getting any hits right away. So maybe okay. not. So it's, um, it's uh, anyone who's listening who is an aspiring creepypasta writer, like there's there's a wide open lane for you. Yeah, you can hit that sweet uh, 2002 internet uh, demographic. Yeah, you, then then write a creepypasta about the uh, CGI Martian who sings "I Will Survive" and a disco ball falls on them. <laughs> Wow, my brain just got pulled back through time and space. Uh, that uh, that's not like crazy frog or dancing baby. I had just forgotten that that existed. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, that's enough about SCP twenty thirty. Let's. Uh, Let's do our spookiest parts. Uh, Patrick, what is the spookiest part of this story to you? Um, the spookiest part of the story for me, I mean, the thing, again, the thing that initially hooked me is that really evocative photo of the guy stepping you out of the shower. You son of a bitch, that was my spookiest part! Oh, okay, no, no, but I, <laughs> my spookiest part is, uh, is the way that when the people see him and they realize they're on the, sh- the show Laugh is Fun... They, no matter what state they're in, even if, like, a monster's tentacle is down their throat, they just smile and instantly become calm, which Mm -hmm. is, like, a really twisted, sort of, uh, extreme, uh, disturbing version of the sort of stuff that happens in a candid camera show, which is the denouement is always, no, oh, was it, oh, like, (laughs) I like, I like the idea that, like, people doing that to the worst possible things imaginable. Yeah, not just, like, breaking their arm on a ski (laughs) trip, like, on America's Funniest Home Videos or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Regina, how about you? What's your spookiest part? Well, I guess I just gave it away. No. (laughs) No, no, my, I mean, my spookiest part is this fucking photograph. Like, it was just so arresting because I was clicking around on the site, and of course you just see the serial numbers, and, you know, usually if there is a picture, 
it's like, you know, a monster or some kind of, you know, odd looking device, but this was just like, just a dude stepping out of a bathtub and it just looks so mundane, but also so off at the same time because he's like wearing a suit and, and, and his head's cut, you know, cropped off at the top. So it's just, it just has this like uncanny threatening quality to it. And I, uh, took a shower maybe about an hour before <laughs> the episode and I was like, Really anxious taking the shower because <laughs> it's fucking photo. I was what are the sh- I think it's also like the shoes he's wearing. Yeah, it's just he's I like don't wearing know. some like like wingtip like dancing shoes or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like a like a Disney Devil kind of vibe to it. Yeah, <laughs> all black. Yeah, it's creepy. Uh, for me, it's probably just the unspoken mystery of it all. Like. There's sentences like, uh, it, as of 2014, SCP-2030 most commonly inserts itself into automated DVD rental kiosks. Yeah. How? (laughs) How to, and the fact that they're insisting that it inserts itself into, uh, file sharing sites and video streaming services and not that someone else is controlling it seems like, uh, the SCP Foundation knows more about this thing that is in the article that they know for sure that the video, that the uh, TV series itself is what's doing this, and that there's not someone else who produces it. That's a good point. Yeah, there's something about the way the SCP, it's like everything, part of the bureaucratic language is that they won't say things, they won't speculate, they will only say things that they know, and things that they are suggested, they will say, it appears, but, so like at the end it's like, so far no one has actually been proven to be killed by this thing. They're just sort of gone now. Yeah. Um, and they're and even though we thought they were dead, their their bodies are not in their graves anymore and it's like we refuse to speculate on what this means. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of like almost suggestive of them being uh uh dragged dragged to hell, but it's not the SCP won't speculate. Um no. Uh, that's all we have to say about this. Let's get into our plugs. Um, Regina, where can the people find you online uh, if you would like them to find sure. you? Sure. No, that would be great. Um, you can find me online. I'm at Twitter at Tesseract, T-E-S-S-A underscore R-A-C-K-E-D. I'm super clever. Um, and you can read my blog, Consistent Panda Bear Shape, which is a blog about fat people in cinema, um, pandabearshape.com. Um, by the time... This episode comes out. I will have finished my article on Magic Mike. I'm going to do it. Well, now, yes. you're, now you're committed to it. I'm committed to it. <laughs> Patrick, how about you? Where can the people find you? Um, well, I ho- I'm a host of two podcasts. I have an ongoing weekly podcast called Popcorn Supper, which is just a general movie chat show, and that's on NowPlayingNetwork.com or .net, I should say. Um, and then I also have a seasonal uh, horror podcast uh, that might interest listeners to the show called Tracks of the Damned, in which I record commentary tracks for horror movies, and I I do film criticism of them, I talk about their histories, I make jokes when appropriate. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of a thing I wish existed and then didn't, so I made it exist. Um, I cover everything from, you know, movies that came out a couple years ago to movies from the 30s, uh, and that's uh, Tracks of the Damned, that's on iTunes, and the Twitter handle for that is at Damned Tracks. You can find me, of course, in the usual places. Uh, J3FK on Twitter, JeffJK on Instagram and Snapchat. You can go to patreon.com slash JeffJK and give me $1 per month to get two bonus audio recordings and one written piece of whatever. Uh, 
each month, every month, and also the whole back catalog of them. Um, and that's... Oh, uh, you can go to weaponizedlanguage.com or funtimes.online. They go to the same place. Uh, do me a favor, go to weaponizedlanguage.tumblr.com, follow us on Tumblr. We need to get them reblogs up, because I hashtag every post, and no one seems to find them through the hashtag, so I just need fans to go and do it. Um, you would think hashtag creepypasta would be, like, the most popular hashtag on Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> No, I guess not. Uh, so that's uh oh, go rate and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Just like you have your iPhone right next to you right now. Pull over your car, quit your job, uh, pick up your iPhone, and be like, five stars is the good show because we're pretty close <laughs> to the top of the literature section in podcasts. And I wanna, I wanna cool. get up there. I wanna, I wanna beat out uh, Mr. Creepypasta. I think we were number twenty one last time I checked, uh, which is only a slight drop. We were up to number eight at one point. Get us up there, people. Um, well, uh, that's it. Um, uh, remember, laugh is fun. Good night, and laugh, and laugh. Just laugh. We love the make laugh. Make more for laughter, so as to for laugh. Laugh with us. Laugh with us.